0: Well, good morning, and welcome to Passion. We're glad to have you with us this morning. Let me do this real quick. On your chair, when you sit down, there's one of these cards. Would you grab it real quick? You'll turn it over. And on the back, there's a place for five uh, names. This is what we've been saying over the last couple of years, and we sincerely believe mean this when we say it. It's not enough just to pray that people will come to hear about Jesus at Christmas. We have an obligation to not only pray, but to also invite Um, And so we want you to take this card um, while you're here this morning and really pray about who you should put down, the five people that you're going to invite to our Christmas services. We have five of them this year to make room for everybody, and so we want you to do that. So will you participate and cooperate? If you didn't last Sunday, this is your Sunday. Would you take these cards and fill them out? And then as you leave today, if you would just drop them in the offering bucket, um, that way our staff can be praying with you over the course of the next few weeks that the folks that you invite will actually show up. Amen? Oh, my word. I've been gone one week and y'all died on me. All right? I will remind you we are a talkback church. I don't know. I sense real mellowness this morning. Wake up. Some of y'all partied hard yesterday, and some of, wake up. We call ourselves passion on purpose. I refuse to preach at a dead church. I'm sorry, I did that the other night. I'm not doing it again. All right. I went and preached somewhere, and it wasn't here. So, uh, so y'all, come on now. Lean in a little bit. I know it's Christmas, and the tendency is at Christmas. This is our issue. We're so familiar with Christmas that we miss it. And so, nobody, the people that are supposed to be the most excited on the whole planet, sit back and go, oh, it's Christmas. Uh, Just a lot of parties, a lot of things to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BC Clark. Um, Come on now. If we can't get excited about Christmas, we're missing it. All right. So, so when we think about the Christmas account, this is what happened. Those of us that are familiar with the Christmas story, this is how we think about Christmas. All right. Lean in with me. Talk, talk back a little bit. Isn't this how we think? When I think about Christmas, I think about stuff like this. I think about bright lights. I think about uh, stars. I think about angel choirs. I think about. Uh, field hotels, I think about stables, I think about sleeping and startling shepherds, I think about wise men looking into the sky. That's how I think about the story. I think about all of the details, all the details that led up to the birth of Christ. Anybody else, if you're really familiar with the story, you, you start thinking about all that stuff. But here's the truth. If you, talk, if you look into the book of Matthew, Matthew's account is not like that at all. Matthew's account is entirely different and so I, I, I want you to look what happens In Matthew he doesn't go into any details very few details bothers the life out of me because I'm a detailed person so I struggle with it but Matthew doesn't do that I want you to see what he does turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. Verse 18, bump your neighbor, say turn to Matthew chapter 1. Come on, participate. Matthew chapter 1. Let's start in verse 18. Listen to what he says. We're going to go through the uh, verse 25, which is the end of the chapter, and then read the first verse of chapter 2. All right, here it is. These are the facts concerning the birth of Jesus Christ. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her fiancé, being a man of stern principle, decided to break. The the engagement but to do it quietly as he didn't want to publicly disgrace her stop there one second just let me let you know uh if you don't know this by law mary should be drug into the city square and stoned put to death because she was pregnant out of wedlock right and that day it was it was the punishment was death joseph was a righteous man and he he said i'm not going to do that i can't th- where did grace go and so he steps in and he intervenes. And so he didn't want to disgrace her. And then it, this is what happened. It says, as he lay awake considering this, he fell into a dream and saw an angel standing beside him. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't hesitate to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son and you shall name him Jesus, meaning Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. This will fulfill God's message through his prophets. Listen, the virgin shall conceive a child. She shall give birth to a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. And when Joseph awoke, he did as the angel commanded and brought Mary home to be his wife. But she remained a virgin until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Chapter 2, verse 1. Jesus was born in the, 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 uh, the town of Bethlehem in Judea. During the reign of King Herod. Okay, I don't like Matthew's account as much as I like Luke's account. Luke's a detailed guy. Matthew, at best, gives us the Reader's Digest version of Jesus' birth. Uh, one way you could say it is that Matthew gives us the Cliff Notes version. Anybody ever studied? Okay, some of y'all in the building know what I'm talking about. It's it's when college students don't really want to study all the materials, so they go buy this little book. It's called Cliff Notes, and it's all the highlights, right? They don't have to read all of the textbook. They, yeah, some of y'all didn't know that existed, and I just helped you right now. There are these little books. Okay, so so it's the Cliff Notes version of, of what's going on. There's there's no nothing but the highlights. Here's what he says. He simply announces that Mary is pregnant, that Joseph has doubts, that he has an angel visit, he overcomes his doubts Uh, Joseph marries Mary and then here it is, Jesus is born under Herod's nose that's it no details in fact what, what, what Matthew does is he literally fast forwards from Mary's conception of Jesus to Mary having Jesus Okay, so, so there's no long journey described. There, there, there's no discussion about swollen ankles. There, there, there's, there's no description about the prenatal vitamins that she had to take. There, there are no doctor's visits outlined. I mean, there, there's nothing. There's no, there's no panic-filled moments because she thought she was going into labor because she was having those Braxton Hicks contractions. Y'all remember those? Some of y'all haven't been through this. You don't know yet. But there's this thing that happens where you think you're having the baby, but it's, it's a false alarm. He doesn't discuss that. He doesn't talk about the fact that they packed a, a go-bag. Some of y'all don't even know that either, okay. Uh, so, 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 so no, he didn't talk about the fact that they spent time addressing envelopes for baby showers. He didn't talk about their, their consternation over the fact that there was nowhere for them to stay. They, 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 Matthew doesn't discuss the community condemnation much. He just mentions it in passing. It, it's, it's ridiculous. There's no. There is just conception and then birth. And Matthew simply bypasses the nine months that lead up to the birth. Are you with me this morning? Okay. All right. So that's what Matthew is doing. It's a very quick trip. Just no highlights. Reader's Digest, Cliff Notes. Just a highlight. All right. So listen. The truth is, is that when we begin to deal with our life, what we do is although we think about the details of our story, we live like the Matthew account. Okay, if you're not a note taker, um, I need you to get a pen out and write some statements down I'm about to make because I'm getting ready to help some of y'all. During Christmas, a lot of times we just, we just want these little feel-good messages about Jesus came and he was like the cutest baby ever and he, he never pooped and he never cried, which is totally not true because he was fully human and fully God and we never apply what's going on to us. And I need you to lean in this morning because I'm getting ready to make a statement that i to rock your world. Here it is. What we forget when we live like that, where we think about the details of our story, but we live like the Matthew account is this. What we forget is that to manage the manger, you must plan. You say, well, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean by living like Matthew's account? This is what I mean. Most of us want to give birth in the same season as the announcement. When it comes to our life, we want to give birth to our dream in the same season of the announcement of our dream. Okay, okay. We want the Reader's Digest version or the Cliff Notes version of our dream. We want to fast, through, fast forward through all the stuff that leads up to making delivery possible. So, so, so I need you to hear me this morning. To carry, you've got to carry this thing before you can birth this thing. So, so I'm trying to help some of you because in this room, under the sound of my voice, I, I, I know that probably somebody on every row, if not in every seat, has a dream in their heart, has this ambition in their life, has this calling on them. And what you want to do is you want to see the, fu- the fulfillment of that calling and the fulfillment of that dream in the same season that it was announced. That's living like the Matthew account. Instead, what we, what we miss is we forget to plan. And so this is what happens. Most of us don't manage the waiting period properly. The, so, the, so, so, so this is what happens. The truth is that most of us waste and, and squander the waiting period, and often we get distracted by other things in that period of pause. Here's the problem with that, is that you need the distance between announcement and fulfillment so that you can plan. Okay, some of y'all are starting to get it, but let me just say it like this. Paint the nursery before the baby gets here. Go go buy a supply of diapers. Go make sure you've got enough formula. Think about what you're going to name the baby before it gets here. Right? That's planning. Planning. So too many of us, what we do is we mismanage the nine months so that when we get to the manger, we're not ready. And if you don't plan, then you don't execute. If you don't plan, then the book will never be written. If you don't plan, the song inside of you will never be orchestrated. If you don't plan, the education will never be obtained that you need to fulfill the dream that is inside of you because you wanted God to give you the fulfillment of that dream in the same season that that dream was was presented to you and it never works like that you have to plan so 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 you got a dream of being the next great worship leader let me give you some advice learn to read music now before anybody ever hand you a microphone, learn to read music now. Learn to sing parts now. Learn, learn. Oh, come on now. Get vocal lessons now. You want to? Some of you in here want to be the next great preacher? Here's an idea: preach somewhere now. Write sermons now. Read books now. Study now. Don't wait until the dream arrives and then you've mismanaged the waiting period so long that you haven't planned. Want to be a great businessman? I'm the next great businessman the problem is you don't know how to balance a checkbook now you haven't read any business books now you haven't learned systems and models now you haven't led anybody now and then all of a sudden God allows the dream to be fulfilled and you didn't plan y'all didn't expect this going into Christmas did you What w- w- want to be I'm going to be the best spouse ever get a mentor now I'm going to be the best parent that's ever parented in the history of parenting. Then get a mentor now, somebody that can walk you through when that kid's going to act like you didn't think they were going to act, and you don't know how to respond because there's no owner's manual. We have to plan. We we see here, here's here's why, I, and I'm I, I I I'm just teaching you what I've. Taught my staff recently that the Lord revealed to me, and I, 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 I just need to let you in. Here it is. If you don't plan, your gifts will lead you places, but you won't be able to stay there. And here's why your gifts need the support of skills. And if without skills, you will come to a season where you will no longer be able to use your gifts. I'm preaching right now. Y'all looking at me like you drank hot cocoa last night at about midnight. Uh, If you don't develop skills, you can be the most gifted person in the room. And you will wind up in a season of your life where nobody will allow you to use your gift because you don't have the skills to support it. Okay. If you don't manage the manger, then you will end up with a baby with no crib. With, you will end up with a baby with no formula. You will end up with a baby and have no diapers. You will give birth, to, listen to me, you will give birth to something you can't handle. Planning reveals this. Planning reveals that we actually expect God to fulfill his word in our life. Well, I've heard God say, but you ain't planning nothing. Planning is a revelation that you believe that, the, that God himself will honor his word in your life. So because he told me, then it is my responsibility to get ready because I am revealing by my preparation that I actually believe that God will do what he said he will do. Here's my concern. I think some of us are praying for stuff we're not planning for. We're not the first crowd to do that. The children of Israel prayed for a Messiah for 400 years and he shows up and they weren't ready for him. They didn't they had made no plans. In fact, John says he came to his own and his own received him not. They prayed for him for for Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds some of y'all been praying for two months and you've made no plans. They, They prayed for hundreds of years and made no plans for his arrival so that when he arrives on the scene, they miss him and they dismiss him and they discard him simply because they made no plans for what they were praying for. And some of y'all are praying for a a promotion at work, but you're not planning for it. You're not developing your skills to make that promotion even possible. Some of you are praying for a spouse, but you're not planning for it. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all, okay, 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 Uh, because... some of y'all are praying man when I graduate God I just I just, just believe in you're going to give me the best position at such and such place but you're not planning for it you're sleeping in you're not going to your classes you're barely okay 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 so 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 so, so that he shows up and they totally miss him they they don't just not have room for him in an end they don't have room for him in their hearts God works this well laid out plan. Y'all do know that Christmas was planned, right? Before the foundation of the world, the Lamb was slain. That sounds like a plan to me. When all the roads were able to handle the capacity of travel in the Roman Empire, then in the... Scripture says it like this, in the fullness of time, not some haphazard moment, not some just coincidental moment. God has been planning, laying out plans for this moment in history. God plans, and too often his people don't. We must learn to plan now to give birth later. And oh, by the way, just oh, by the way, that kicking you feel on the inside of you, that 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 I, I just I just need you to know. Just because you don't see it being birthed right now, doesn't mean it doesn't exist inside of you. It's in there. That kicking that takes place inside of you. That dream, that thing that causes your mind to spin. I can't get my mind to stop. I keep thinking about this and dreaming about this, and I want this to happen. I'm longing for this. All that is is a reminder to plan. That's just a reminder to plan cause if it didn't kick every once in a while you would wind up 9 months from now looking like you look right now no different no skill development so 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 you must manage the manger. The announcement isn't the time to take it easy and take it a break. It's time to start planning. It doesn't mean it's time to, to give birth. When God reveals a plan or a dream in your life, that doesn't mean that, that that dream is about to come to pass right now. It simply means you have a responsibility to manage that thing and to start planning. What are you going to do when you move out the house? What are you going to do when you get the job? plan now okay y'all some of y'all hear me, some of y'all are like this ain't Christmas this is Christmas there was a plan the second thing I want you to notice is this is that to manage the manger you must prepare okay lean in I'm gonna make a statement here you better get this planning is when you're working on it your dream preparing is when you're working on you Oh, y'all weren't ready. Some of you just weren't ready. Let me say it one more time. Planning is when you're working on your dream. Preparing is when you're working on you. See, see, see. when you have a baby, you'd better be ready for it as, as best you can be, right? So, so you're stressed right now, but you want God to give you more. You feel like you got people pulling on you right now, but you want God to give you more? You're freaking out now because you don't have time to yourself and you want God to give you more responsibility. You want, God, I'm stressed out now, but I need you to give me more. You can't handle more unless you prepare you. Okay. So this is, what, this is what I need you to understand. In order for God to give you more, you have to prepare you. Listen to this statement. Who you become while you're waiting is as important as what you're waiting on. Some of y'all are in a serious season of waiting in your life right now. If I could just ever graduate and get out on my own, you're in a waiting period. If I could just get out of my folks' house, you're in a waiting period. If I could just get out of this program, you're in a waiting period. If I could just get out of this job, you're in a waiting period. You're in a waiting period. Listen to me. What you're waiting, who you become while you're waiting is just as or more important than what you're waiting on. you got to develop. Matthew bypasses all this, this this nine months of preparation. That's probably why it's not my favorite account, but it reveals what we do in life. We bypass it. We don't even want to talk about it. Matthew doesn't even talk about it. Nine months of Mary coming to grips with, I'm going to be the mother of the Messiah. Think about that. Nine months of her sitting. She, she goes to Elizabeth's house for three months. She she's in her probably hiding out in her house so nobody will know. And she's having to sit there and come to grips with the fact that I am going to be the God of the universe's His son's mother. And Matthew just goes whoop, right back. He, he doesn't talk about the fact that, that Joseph has nine months of trying to figure out, how am I going to answer this question? Why doesn't your son look like you? Doesn't even resemble you in the least. Doesn't have that, that crooked nose you got, that, that scar, that none of the traits you, why doesn't your son look like you? Matthew never talks about Joseph's journey to prepare to handle those kind of questions. He doesn't even deal with this. He doesn't deal with the fact that the first-time newlyweds had to learn how to deal with the tension they felt as they marched towards a birthday. He doesn't show us the growing and the maturing they did, but just because he doesn't show us that doesn't mean that it didn't happen. I want you to notice that in order for us to manage the manger, we must grow. We must mature. Let me help you this morning. Your current issues cannot be your current issues when you get to the place when God is about to g- finally give you your dream. You got to deal with your current issues so they're no longer your issues, so that when the baby shows up, you're ready. Yeah, so, 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 our gift, listen to me, I'm, I'm trying to help you. I hope I'm helping. Our gift makes room for us. In other words, our gift causes. Great men. Scripture says our gift brings us before great men. But let me help you this morning. Great men also determine whether or not your gift is worth getting you. You missed it. This is all about preparation. We're no longer working on the dream. Now we're working on Steve. Now I'm, now we will work on us because here's what happens. If your gift will bring you before great men, but if, you're, if great men see your gift and recognize your giftedness, but they also realize that in order to get your gift, they got to deal with your critical spirit. They'll bypass the gift. Oh, my word. What, what happened to my church in one week? Great men will look at your gift, but if they recognize that to get your gift they have to deal with territorialism, they will bypass your gift. They'll find somebody with less of a gift to do what you can do because they don't have to put up with your stuff because they recognize that your gift isn't worth all that. If you have a great gift but you also come packaged with pride, great men will look at your great gift and they will bypass your gift because they don't want to deal with your stuck-up attitude, unteachable attitude. Okay, I am preaching right now. If, 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 if you have a great gift, but you come packaged with anger, they'll pass. I'm trying to help you. We've got to develop. You, you Listen, The dysfunction of your character overrides the value of your gift. And so in order for us to be able to give, listen, I am talking to gifted folks in this room. I, I am not one of these preachers that believe that some of you missed the gift line. Every, I don't even care if you believe you missed the gift line. In every person sitting under the sound of my voice and watching online, you are gifted by God, gift, gifted by great measure, gifted to do great things. I'm convinced of that. But if you don't develop your character, then you will all, listen, this is what will happen. You'll be used, but the only time great people will use your gift is when you develop your character. So this is what happens. If you don't develop your character, then the only people that will use your gift are those people who are so desperate for your gift that they will tolerate the dysfunction in your life. Don't miss what I'm about to say. You can set up in this house and allow yourself to remain dysfunctional in some area, and somebody will gladly use you because they need your gift. But in order for our gift to be used at the level that God wants it to be used in, we must develop prepare. So, your character is the delivery system for your gift. If you have a great gift, but you're not reliable, then you can't deliver the gift. And some of you are giving your gift, but it will never be at the level you desire or that you dreamed about simply because you won't develop the underdeveloped areas of your life. Joseph and Mary developed enough. Listen to this. I, I just I had this thought. It just blows my mind. Joseph and Mary developed enough in that nine months or probably prior to the nine months to be able to handle the responsibility of parenting and giving birth to the Son of God as their own Son. They developed, they prepared. Daniel, here's an uh, uh, I, I need you to hear, hear this statement. You must develop to be able to handle the destiny birth through you. Daniel and the three Hebrew children had great gifts that the Bible says brought it before, brought them before great men. Do you know what kept them in front of great men for the next 70 years? Their character. They had an excellent spirit. A different spirit. That's why, listen to me, and then I'm going to get out of your way. Kim, come on, or I'll keep going. That's why everyone needs somebody that is for you but isn't impressed by you. I, I got to really, this is, I'm, if y'all didn't notice, I didn't come to play this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you. Let me just ask you a really serious question. Why do you want to keep hanging out with everybody that tells you how good your gift is, but they won't deal with the dysfunctional areas of your life? All we want to do is hang out with people, say, man, you're the best singer ever. You're the best guitar player ever. You're the best preacher ever. You're the best cook ever. You're the best mom ever. But we won't ever allow anybody to come into our life and go, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm for you. I'm not really impressed by your gift. I'm concerned about you. And yes, you can sing, but you're hateful. And yeah, you're a good mom, but you're not taking care of your husband at all. Or you're slack at work. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, you're gifted. You can preach the paint off the wall, but you treat everybody like dirt outside of the pulpit. We don't want to hang out with those folks. We want to hang out with people that tell us we're the greatest thing since sliced bread but you can't you can't develop like that you got to have people you got to have people in your corner that have access into your life who appreciate your gift but they know where the bones are buried y'all didn't get that cuz we all got skeletons and you got to have some folks in your life that go man the gift of god in you is incredible but don't get the big head cuz i know i know what you did 5 years ago when nobody else was looking And I know who you are when you let your guard down. Let's deal with the dysfunction of your life so that your gift will not only bring you before great men, it will keep you in front of great men. See, why? Because you have to be able to carry this thing full term. And you can only carry this thing full term if you're prepared prepared just because you are the anointed one just because you are the favored one just because you're the gifted one just because all that doesn't mean you don't have to prepare you must also be the prepared one this is true in every area of life so today what i want to do is i want to challenge you to examine in your life are you planning for something you're not praying preparing for Are you praying for something that you're not planning for? Are you planning for something you're not preparing for? What is the dream of your life? What has God birthed inside of you? What's that thing that keeps kicking on the inside of you? If it's there, and it is, I believe it is, then you have a responsibility to manage that manger, and you manage that manger by planning and preparing. We're going to talk about what you do after that next week, but today we got to deal with this fact. you got to plan and you got to prepare. And if you don't, you'll give birth to something you can't handle. And the impact of what you give birth to will be lost simply because you didn't prepare you. Father, this morning, I don't know why I feel this so heavy this morning, Father, but I feel it. I'm talking to some of the most gifted people on the planet. Your word declares that you give us gifts. You don't shortchange any of us. Some of us have very public gifts. Some of us have gifts that that operate in the background, but we're gifted. I pray that the dreams that are inside of us that roll over inside of us, that kick inside of us. I pray they'd get our attention enough this morning that we would begin to plan because we recognize we will never execute what you've birthed in us we will never give birth to that if we don't make plans. Help us to plan. God, I pray for men and women under the sound of my voice to do something, to start laying out plans, to educate themselves, to practice, to, 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 to learn, whatever we gotta do to, to, to make the plans for that dream to come to pass. Help us to plan. But I also pray that you'd help us to prepare. Don't let us be greatly gifted people that walk in front of great men whose gifts are dismissed simply because they recognize the dysfunction of our life and realize that our gift is not worth the price they'll pay on the back end. God, I pray that you'd help us to prepare. I pray that you would send us people into our life and we would allow them to have access. Some of us are sitting next to people right now that you sent to us and we're supposed to give them access because they care more about us than they care about our gift. And I pray that you would allow us to be so determined to prepare that we would allow them to confront the dysfunction of our life, the pride, the anger, the critical spirit, the territorialism, whatever it is, whatever whatever is operating in our life that derails our giftedness. God, I pray that you would send us somebody that could appreciate our gift but would speak truth into our lives. So that we would be prepared to give birth to this great gift that you have inside of us. Help us, I pray. Help us, I pray, to be everything you want us to be. Would you do this with me? Would you just lay your hand on your, your stomach this morning, signifying that inside of me there is a dream, a gift? Metaphorically, we could say that you have a baby inside of you. God, we place our hand on our stomach to recognize, symbolize that we recognize that there is a gift in us. You've deposited something in us that needs to be birthed. But we also repent because sometimes we sit around and we do nothing towards that. And that dream you gave us 10 years ago to write the book, we've never put one word on paper. To write the song, we've never learned one chord. To start the business and we've never, not one time, talked to somebody that has a business started. To be the best parent and yet we've never allowed a mentor to come into our life that's already got four kids. Remind us this morning that inside of us there's a great gift that needs to be developed and we need to make plans. And Father, I pray that as we lay our hands on our own stomach, you would also remind us this morning that we must be able to prepare that what we're waiting on is not nearly as much as what we become while we're waiting. That's not as important right now. The important thing is that you develop us to be able to handle this thing inside of us. God, I recognize that if I don't prepare Steve, then Steve will give birth to something that will take him somewhere and my character won't be able to handle it. And God, I pray over the people in this congregation this morning that we would go into a time and a season of preparation where we spend moments of real transparency thinking about our own life and we will deal with the dysfunctional areas of our life. So that we're more like you, Jesus, number one, and so that second, when we give birth to what you've placed in us, we won't destroy it because we didn't prepare. I pray that you'd help us today as we try to learn how to manage the manger of our life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.